Ready for a career in behavioral health? Earn your online degree at Herzing University. Choose from health and human services, psychology, or social work programs. Gain the skills to work, coordinate, and manage nonprofits. Secure a bachelor's in psychology to study mental health or advance your social work career through our online Masters of Social Work. Let us help you become a social change agent. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Text HEALTH to 85109. That's HEALTH to 85109. Or visit herzing.edu. Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at What's up, everybody? It is August 11th, Wednesday night. You are live on Wrestling Inc. Around the world, here we are. It is the post-AEW Dynamite show. Myself and Alfred Kunawa. And Alfred, the wrestling world is here in Pittsburgh. Where I'm sitting, this is where the wrestling world, at least the AEW world is. Tonight for Dynamite, again, Friday for the debut of Rampage. we got some things going on tomorrow in Pittsburgh that I'll uh, plug here in a few minutes. Uh, but, uh, that, you know, a, a Dynamite show, that uh, an AEW pro, uh, company that is just rolling with momentum got some big chicago events coming up which we'll touch on a lot going on but uh first off how are you feeling Albert? i mean th- there is so much going on in wrestling the momentum of aew the there's not a such thing as de-momentum or anti-momentum <laughs> yeah anti-momentum. Or something on the WWE side of things yeah uh, there's just so much going on every time we wake up I, I i log on look at my text look at my emails and i go holy shit it's gonna be another day <laughs> And that's exactly my life now. Every time I wake up, and by wake up, I don't mean every day. I mean if I take a nap and wake up, oh, new stories got to come for that. So, yeah, there's just so much going on, and I do blame you as you prognosticated. The second you left to take a vacation, everything went crazy, and the world still hasn't reset. So it might be another couple of weeks of this, Justin. Oh, I, I think it might be more than a couple of weeks. I think uh, <laughs> and it's great for people like us. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I would not want to be um, – I, I, there's some people in the wrestling world right now I would not want to be in terms of uh, walking on eggshells and just the general unpredictability of, of things right now. But for oh, yeah. for those of us who get to be onlookers and uh, and 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 where uh, we despise slow news days, <laughs> this is a great time for us. Yeah, I don't remember the last time we had a slow news day. And you're right; it's not going to be. It's probably going to be the rest of the year. Uh, start, you know, even though it's crazy now. I mean, I can only imagine with September and October and some of these pay per views and potential debuts coming up. Like we're we're in for some pretty serious news stories. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, we got plenty of news stories that we are going to touch on here in just a few minutes that we're on Wrestling Inc. Real quick, as everybody's kind of filtering in, uh, uh, I'll do it again later. So I want to give uh, some some cheap plugs uh, tomorrow. If you are in the Pittsburgh area, if you can get there, come tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow night from 5 to 8 at the Thirsty Scholar Bar and Grill, which is right, uh, right down the street from the Peterson Event Center Arena, where AW is. Tomorrow night, 5 to 8, 30, uh, Thirsty Scholar Bar and Grill. It'll be myself and the Busted Open crew, myself, Dave LaGreca, the world's strongest man, Mark Henry, the wonderful and the, the, the wonderful and gifted producer with the gift of Gab, Gabby Laspiza. We're all going to be there, and you never know who else might. Sh- I mean, there's some people in town, so you never know who else might walk through the door. Uh, come join us tomorrow, 5 to 8, the Thirsty Scholar Bar and Grill. Great food, great uh, drinks. going to be some fun uh, wrestling talk, so check that out tomorrow night. If you can get to Pittsburgh, it'll be well worth it for a Thursday night. And also, if you are an AEW fan of the uh, roster, uh, I can't give you all the details. I'll just say this. Follow my Twitter tomorrow morning uh, around 10 a.m. You wow. might see some very cool uh, things happening on that Twitter 
uh, with the AEW roster. So I'll go ahead and uh, put that out there. So do that. Do all those things. Uh, Alfred, let's jump into some news as we uh, wait for everybody else to get in here as we continue uh, to look at recap AEW Dynamite as we do every week. Uh, we'll start with, um, and actually the one NXT story, the one non-AEW story we have, and it is, uh, you know, Bronson Reed, uh, one of the released NXT talents, surprising, probably probably the lead surprising um, yes. uh, of the talents that, that were released. And uh, he had kind of an interesting tweet as NXT was on TV last night back on the USA Network. As uh, as the show was going on, he uh, tweeted a clip from the uh, Simpsons show where Elvis <laughs> uh, fires a gun at the TV and says, this show ain't no good. So uh, Bronson Reed, certainly, again, probably the most surprising of the crop of NXT talents that were released and uh, letting his thoughts out there about the NXT show without him. He is. He he does seem very kind of fired up about this, even immediately when he was released. The way I found out about all these releases was Bronson Reed's tweet, and it said, you have no idea what you've done. So he is kind of a fired up monster right now. He's been fielding questions. He's been very public and vocal about this release, which you could just tell if you've been following Bronson these past couple of days, really took him by surprise. And it's really kind of sad because he's an international guy. He's from overseas in Australia, uh, I believe, and uh, he was in here just for wrestling. And so he's going to have to get that worked out in terms of work visas and whatnot but yeah Bronson is not going to let WWE forget I hope he uses this for positive and it seems like he will positive motivation in terms of showing the world what he's got which I think everybody knows how talented he is and I just want to say has any television show provided the world with more viral tweets than the Simpsons they have so many, you know, this was one from uh, Bronson Reed, but they've got the Homer tweet where he goes into the bushes. They've got the Bart Simpson you tried. They've got so many viral tweets. That show is timeless. Well, it should. It's been around for 30 freaking yeah, years. I would hope they have some things to, to go viral. Yeah, Bronson Reed. I mean, I, and I look, I mean, I, you know, he's certainly one of the ones uh, you release and you go, this had to be a decision made very last minute. I mean, you know, he just, you know, he was winning titles on NXT. He was doing dark matches uh, on the main roster, uh, you know, which usually is a signal of you're getting ready to go to TV on Raw or SmackDown. So, yeah, I can imagine, as you said, and, and never mind the personal factor that you bring up, Alfred. You know, yeah, he's a guy. He's also uh, Australian. You know, you relocate yourself to Florida uh, for this dream, and you're and you're bust your butt, and now you're this close. You know, you're getting yeah. dark matches on Raw or SmackDown, so you're ready to go uh, on onto the top platform, make the top money that you can, and and then to out just for for budget cuts as you're as you're told you know i mean it's it's uh again it's it's a it's not a dull time for people like us but it is a frustrating time for many uh that are coming out of the uh the stanford uh stanford area code uh keeping on here with the headlines we have going on in uh in the wrestling world these are aew headlines uh tony khan uh who of course does his uh, weekly appearance on busted open radio he did that today uh, he teased two UFC champions on Dynamite next week. Now, you might recall, originally, they had had a, a plan to kind of follow up with the uh, Dan Lambert of American Top Team. Of course, he was at the Miami Dynamite uh, several weeks ago. And uh, we, we originally said that they were going to follow up with that tonight. And then they ended up uh, bumping that. And Tony Khan, you can read the full quotes on Wrestling Inc. that he gave to uh, Dave LaGreca and the guys at Busted Open. But basically talked about how, you know, they got a lot of things going on on Dynamite, and then they wanted to make sure this Dan Lambert stuff, basically, essentially, they booking-wise, they didn't want it to get rushed or to step on some of these other things like Brit and Red Velvet being promoted for this Friday's Rampage. Um, so they pushed it the next week, but he added on and teased some uh, UFC champions. So, Alfred, I know you and I had a blast with this segment a few weeks ago when Dan Lambert came out there and basically embodied Jim Cornette in a promo. Uh, what are, you, are you more excited for this now, with that, now that he's teasing more uh, MMA involvement? 
I, I didn't know if those way could be more excited knowing Dan Lambert's coming back because I thought he was the man and I just think he's so good as a talker. And yes, I am excited. I think this is an underrated part of the Forbidden Door is that element of um, UFC fighters coming through because you saw that uh, Amanda Nunes and Jorge Masvidal, who are two of UFC's biggest stars in terms of legitimate uh, box office draws, maybe not so much with Nunes, but she might be pound for pound the best fighter in the world in terms of UFC. So they brought two heavy hitters in terms of uh, Nunes and uh, Masvidal. And so these two, I have high hopes for, you know, maybe they will be some pretty stacked champions. Um, I'm looking forward to, to seeing what they have in terms of the UFC champions who come through there. I know Dan Lambert's uh, the big tag. The thing that he was teasing was that he's going to bring backup. He's going to bring protection. So, you know, my mind obviously immediately went to some free agent from WWE, but maybe this UFC backup is it. And I, I hope that they're pretty big names. Yeah. So again, every week with AEW, it's, there is a must-see kind of tune-in feel if you just don't know who's going to pop up uh, or you might think you know and you want to tune in to see if you're right. So, yeah, this is um, this is exciting, and I, and I think that's a great quote by you, Alfred. It's an underrated part of the of the Forbidden Door. Um, yeah. You know, as we'll talk about here with tonight's Dynamite, you know, NWA interaction, heavy impact interaction right now, uh, but, you know, have, having the MMA world, uh, something that, you know, has been there unspoken for the last 15 years by way of WWE with the Brock Lesnar's and Bobby Lashley's and, you know, Matt Riddle's and Shayna Baszler's and Ronda Rousey's, but they, you know, they will allude to the shoot background they have, but they, you know, very rarely do they dip into the, uh, let's just go out and talk about UFC or let's show UFC footage. So uh, again, more, more of that door, the Tony Khan's being willing to uh, unlock uh, and in some cases just kicked out. So Absolutely. there's that. Speaking of Tony Khan, uh, in, in addition to giving that little tease about the Dan Lambert situation, Tony Khan also had another quote that was uh, worthwhile, probably the, probably the most notable, is uh, he made a quote about the second episode of Rampage, which, of course, will be a week from this Friday. This Friday is the debut here in Pittsburgh. Next Friday, of course, is the uh, record sellout time they did at the United Center in Chicago. And uh, Tony Khan, uh, let me make sure I get the quote right here. I don't want to... Uh, don't want to uh, miss this one. So Tony Khan, go, as he's talking about, he goes in, in mid of the conversation, in mid, in mid mid conversation, he goes, furthermore, we'll hear a little bit more about what's coming on Rampage. It's going to be a huge card. And tonight we'll establish more of what's coming on the premiere of Rampage. That, of course, this Friday. Uh, and to resume the quote, he goes, of course, I think everyone knows what to expect on the second episode of Rampage, which is titled The First Dance. And I expect the anticipation will continue to build. So I repeat, he says, of course, I think everyone knows what to expect on the second <laughs> episode of Rampage. So they are just uh, <laughs> casting that line out there. And just yeah. keep it going, keep it going, keep it going. <laughs> They've done everything but say the word CM Punk. And, yeah. uh, you know, you saw the chance tonight. Yeah. You know, AEW is all too willing to play along in terms of these uh, rumors and and selling, this is very impressive. I, I don't think I've quite seen anything like it in that and you know that AEW has a very loyal kind of specific crowd and that they've sold out the United Center on pure speculation. Usually with ticket sales, the way they work is you're going to only sell so many until you got to start announcing people. And yes, part of that is AEW's momentum right now that they can sell out these venues, but going specifically to Chicago to such a big venue and selling it out so quickly because word on the street is that CM Punk is going to get in there. That that is very impressive, and I, I dear, I hope for AEW's lives that CM Punk shows up at that show. Or uh, you know, they really, I know they haven't said it yet, and technically they haven't announced it, but that you know, you don't want to play with Chicago in this scenario. 
No, I mean, if at this point, <laughs> if 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 CM Punk does not, you know, at the very least, has to appear on video. But I mean, if if CM Punk does not appear on the second episode of Rampage at the United Center, uh, move over Dixie Carter. <laughs> Tony Khan will have, you know, taken over that throne of the ultimate, like you know, I don't want to say troll, but the ultimate. Um, oh, yeah. Right make you make you believe I had this big surprise, you know, which by the way I don't think it's gonna happen. I'm, I'm, right. so I'm, I'm being very being very you know facetious here, but that's, I don't think it's gonna happen. I think they, they you know, and I, and I guess props to AEW and, and Tony Khan ultimately. In he he it feels like he's walking a very fine line because he had said, uh, and it might have even been on Busted Open, uh, but he said in an interview at some point in, the, in, in in past months, I think it was not long after Sting made his debut remember remember folks sting appeared on a sting debuted on dynamite completely cold yeah complete cold surprise there was no uh hint to it uh i mean there had been weeks and months prior speculation that sting and wwe were not oh in the best of terms you know because like merch was getting pulled and toys were getting pulled and you know so but there, there wasn't like a huge rumor out there like stings are showing up on AEW this week and so he did. It was a huge moment. Uh, but I think Tony Khan had referenced that, like, TNT was, like, kind of like, hey, you know, it's kind of nice that we, we can promote these things. And yeah. it does a better number. And so here you are, like, wanting to give people that surprise. It's still going to be a huge pop, presumably, when Punk shows up. But so it's like the buzz is there for people to tune in to this new show, Rampage. But they haven't had to, in the old the old-fashioned wrestling carny in you, you don't want to, like, you want people to have to have to tune in to see in what context, where is he going to show up? What's he going to do? Who's he going to stare down? Who's he going to attack? Whatever the case may be. So I props to AW. They are walking the fine line of like giving people a reason to tune in, but still making it a surprise. Absolutely. And to the point about the television network, like I, as a wrestling fan, would rather there be a little bit of mystery and whatnot. Yeah, I, you know, I would be a little deflated if they announced it and then you have to just kind of sit and wait for it. I, I would rather it be somewhat of a surprise, but no matter what, you know, no matter how much they hint toward it, they're always going to do a much better number had they have announced it. So I just wonder if this is going to also be something that TNT says, man, this is a this is a couple people now. So, you know, maybe maybe the Daniel Bryan thing you can announce. I don't know. Well, I think the way it's going to be, Alfred, my prediction here is I think they're obviously, uh, you know, we have what we have, uh, you know, just over a week and uh, just under a week and a half until that rampage. I don't think they're going to at all say CM Punk's going to be there. They're letting, again, like you said, the sellout happen due to speculation. I think Punk can make his appearance, get a huge pop, you know, and it can be a very cliffhanging appearance. It could be just as simple as hear some music and see him standing on a stage. He doesn't have to even do anything. But just the confirmation that he's there, he's with them now. Right. And then tune in the next Wednesday on Dynamite to find out what CM Punk's what who his eyes are set on, what he wants to do. And so you still get the surprise and you get it for your brand new show on Rampage in his backyard, but then you get the you know, pump pump the media, pump it hard for next Wednesday. He, right. we we're telling you he's gonna be on Dynamite, and now you're gonna find out who's you know what his first storyline is going to be. So That'd be a great way to do it. Yeah, you you can you can milk this out a little bit, and then and then you know and then you get to milk to the first match whenever that's going to be. But again, you'd think all out and <laughs> should get right. back again in right. Chicago and do a big pay per view buy, probably a record pay per view buy for the company at that point. 
So, uh, yeah, so uh, you know, so much going on here in AW. So let's uh, run into Dynamite real quick. Uh, once again, I'll make the, the plug real quick because I see we've added some people. Again, uh, tomorrow, if you're going to be in the Pittsburgh area, as we're sandwiched in between Dynamite and Rampage, if you're going to be in the Pittsburgh area, uh, Mark Henry, of course, who's part of the Rampage commentary team Friday. Mark Henry, world's strongest man, great guy. Mark Henry, Dave LaGreca, Gabby, myself, all of us from uh, Busted Open on Sirius XM. Of course, I do my segment every Friday with them. We're all going to be at the Thirsty Scholar Bar and Grill. It's right down the street from the Peterson Event Center. Going to be a good time, 5 o'clock to 8 o'clock. Good food, good drinks. Going to do some wrestling talk, Q&A. It's going to be a lot of fun. So uh, check that out. There, are, there is a ticket process. Go on social media. You can find it. Mine, Mark's, Dave's, wherever. So see everybody there. And then, of course, tomorrow morning, if you like the AEW superstars, you like the AEW roster, I highly encourage you follow me at Justin LeBar on Twitter uh, around like 10 o'clock tomorrow morning, Eastern time. I think you'll see some very fun video interactions going on. All right. With that said, here we go, Alfred. We kick off Dynamite in Pittsburgh, the Peterson Event Center, and we actually get a pre-tape MJF Wardlow promo where uh, MJF, you know, setting the scene tonight for the fourth labor of Jericho, Jericho versus Wardlow. And, and, and if Jericho can get this win, he will finally get his rematch against MJF. Uh, but MJF just noting how, you know, Chris, you just can't, I, it's been too much for you, but they do probably the most notable thing out of this, Alfred, is they do kind of give that little, they still keep that little seed planted of potential MJF Wardlow issues as MJF says to Wardlow, Wardlow says something like, oh, he's definitely going down. I'm definitely beating him. Something to that effect. And MJF goes, oh yeah, just like how, you know, Cody beat you in the cage. Just get the job done. And uh, so we just planted a little seed there of, uh, you know, keep your eyes on it. Uh, but a good a good way to start, obviously, it's going to set up the main event. But we get into our opening match. Dante Martin and the Seidel brothers up against uh, the Bucks and Kenny Omega being the elite. A uh, great opening match. Just act- oh, six-man yeah. action all over the place. And uh, we'll, we'll stick it to the match here first. Uh, being the elite gets a win. I thought that this is a great way to open. Hot crowd. Uh, put six athletic guys out there and just let them run loose. Dante Martin is 20 years old. Like, think about that. Based on what you saw and how he just tore that entire building down, that man is 20 years old. And it was incredible. They really uh, made to showcase him. He just, his comeback was incredible. It was so funny how he set up his own tag where he went in there, did this crazy stuff, got back out, waited for the tag, got back in, and just completely, I thought he was next level tonight. Uh, you know, I thought everybody was great. This was a perfect opening match. When I saw that this was a match that they had announced, I was hoping this would open the show. It just seemed like such a perfect type of match to open it. And everybody delivered. I just thought this was really good. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, Dante Martin. I, there were a couple stars early on in the show. Dante Martin, and then we'll get to the next one here in a few minutes. Dante Martin, you right, looked great. Uh, so, But being the elite does get the win. No surprise here. And then post-match, uh, Christian interrupts being the elite. Christian, plus he's got Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. Uh, Christian cutting some promo on Don Kalisk. Calls him uh, a, a Carney Jagoff. Jagoff is a is a Pittsburghese word. Oh yes, it is. He got a huge pop from that, and he also got to say the S word tonight. Twice, twice, two times. Twice. Um, and so there, and and we find out here uh, that Kenny Omega. Of course, we we know that Christian Cage is the number one contender for the AEW World Title, and that's going to take place at All Out. But we find out that Christian Cage is also going to take on Kenny Omega. And it's going to be this Friday, um, or this Friday or next Friday? This Friday. This Friday. Uh, this Friday. This is going to be the very first match, in fact, this Friday on the debut of Rampage. He's going to take on Kenny Omega for the Impact World Title. Alfred, do you agree with the booking decision that two and a half weeks out from your big all-out pay-per-view for your in-house AEW World Title, giving these two guys 
for the the other company's world title. Do you like this? No, not at all. I legitimately thought this was a mistake. When he said, this Friday, you're going to be defending that against me. I was like, oh, no, Christian messed up. But they were being serious. I couldn't believe it. Like, I, I, I can't understand this. I'm... I don't really expect even a 50-50 situation. I expect Christian to possibly lose both these matches because Kenny Omega loses the first match. You really kind of water down that AEW world title for your big pay-per-view. So I don't know what the thinking is behind this. Um, I'm not against Kenny Omega defending the other company's uh, title on a future rampage, but just not two times against Christian if there's going to be a pay-per-view match. And the thing is, he's undefeated. That's the, the big drawing card with Christian is that right now he hasn't lost in AEW. They tell you that every single week, and they potentially might give that away on an episode of rampage that's very very interesting yeah i'm i'm really torn with this because i'm having a hard time and this maybe will be credit to them if they can uh if they outsmart uh me i'm having a hard time trying to figure out how this becomes a good situation like you said if christian beats omega now you've just you know you've you've certainly taken something away from your aew world champion and at the end of the day you know, AEW is number one here. They need to look out for themselves. You know, they don't need impact. They don't need the NWA. I know Tony Khan will never say this publicly, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. It's charitable of AEW to give the screen time, the TV time to impact yeah. to NWA. It's it's a good PR move to the fans, but AEW does not need them. Impact and NWA you need AEW a hell of a lot more. So you don't want to water down your undefeated champion. Or not, well, yeah, well, you don't want to water down your champion. But you also don't want to water down the guy, you know, who's come over from WWE who's undefeated in Christian. And like, I don't know how, yeah, like, but if Christian loses, he loses. He couldn't even win the Impact title, but, yeah. not, but he gets another go at it for now, your more important title. And AEW, they don't do. F finishes. They don't do screwy. You know, they 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 have a winner and a, and a loser for better or for worse sometimes, but they don't believe really in screwy DQs or non finishes. So I'm trying to figure out how the and the other thing I can think of is like, well, okay, Christian Cage kind of seems like he's like this. Uh, he's in the way of this fantasy booking by fans of CM Punk coming in. Yes. So I'm like, how does that play in? But the match between Omega and Cage is this Friday. Punk's not showing up here in Pittsburgh. So I'm just trying to figure out where, where the hell are, what are we doing here? I, it would make more sense if Christian Cage is challenging for the Impact title against Omega the Friday at the United Center. So I'm like, okay, well, there's your out for an F finish is, is, is somehow Punk. But I, I don't know how we get to this. Yeah, this is very interesting. And did you notice, I mean, some people were booing Christian. He kind of, like a pro, he really talked over it. And he ended up cutting a very good promo. But when he mentioned that he was getting that title shot, the people did not seem very happy with that. The whole arena started chanting CM Punk. Yes, yes. They chanted for every former. Then they started doing yes chants. They chanted for every former WWE guy except for Christian. Except for him. <laughs> I mean, if, if you go, if you guys DVR at AEW, go back. And when they start chanting CM Punk, look at Jungle Boy's face. <laughs> I love Jungle Boy. His face, he looked over at Luchasaurus. And his face was kind of like, oh. <laughs> it was really funny. We're going to be good hops. <laughs> Um, so a uh, super chat kind of related to all this. Uh, Corey Pride, five dollars. Thank you, Corey. He goes, Does Adam Page have heat? I like Christian, but why isn't AEW pushing Cowboy Shiznit to the moon? And of course, uh, Adam Page, ton of momentum. He's the one who, like, fans were before these CM Punk, CM Punk rumors, uh, really exploded in the last couple weeks. Um, Adam Page was the guy these fans are chanting for, 
as Mamego's coming out week in and week out saying, I have nobody else left to challenge me. I've beat everybody. Adam Page is who the fans were like, you haven't beat him. We need this. Um, Corey, I, I don't think it's heat. No, I don't, first of all, I don't think it's heat. First of all, Adam Page is an extremely likable guy uh, behind the scenes. I don't think there's heat. In fact, I don't like to speculate on personal lives, but I think I heard from a reputable place that I, I believe, and congrats to him if this is the case, that he uh, he might be having uh, a birth of a child soon. Mm-hmm. So that might that certainly would be reason to you know put a delay in timeline of booking if if you know a big personal life moment going on here and guy wants to be home rightfully so uh so i but but and even if that's and i think i'm pretty sure but even if that's not Corey pride uh no i don't think there's heat i just think even if that wasn't the case if all of a sudden cm punk starts to fall in your lap if you finally get a deal done with this guy you just gotta you gotta call an audible it doesn't mean that adam page doesn't still win an AEW world title. And we don't even know for sure if CM Punk, if he comes in, if he's going to be challenging for the world title, we don't even know if Kenny Omega is his first. I don't even, you know, that's not a given. So uh, for all we know, uh, Omega and Christian cage is what gets us through these next few weeks. And we got a big show coming up in Queens at the end of September at that Arthur Ashe stadium. Maybe that's where page is, is in line. So, you know, I don't think there's any heat. I just think there's just audibles being called on the booking timeline for several reasons. So. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's quite the opposite in terms of they do have long-term plans for him. And this part of that is, uh, you know, uh, Hangman Adam Page doing like a long chase to where by the time he challenges for that first time, or at least challenges Kenny Omega for the first time, I think he's going to win that match. I, I, I think they I think they kind of planted those seeds that he might not win this. You know, it's shocked as I was that he lost that elimination match. They planted the seeds because the whole thing is based on him not being confident enough to go and challenge. And your Dark Order had to pop him up like, no, you can do this. And, you know, this might just be a setback for him. And I, I just think it's pretty good nuanced storytelling rather than him being buried or having heat or anything. And I just actually thought of something with Christian. I think that match has to end in a draw. I, maybe that's the, the way out of this is you just have Kenny Omega and Christian go to a draw so they could do a holding pattern with that. But, you know, that doesn't make it any a better idea. The match this Friday? The match is fr- between, yeah, Christian and Kenny Omega. I think it well, has to be a draw. I think they, I thought they said that that's going to be the very first match on the show. So if that's the case. It's not like you can pull the whole TV time or anything. I mean, you'd have to, I guess, just say this match. It's a world title match that has a time limit of one hour. I mean, I think, well, does it? Oh, does it have to be minimum one hour? I would think that it was. They, they I think you will. Again, I think in the past AEW because they do like to announce time limits and they like to acknowledge that kind of stuff. They, you know, they they have said like, like your regular non, your regular matches with no t- with no titles or whatever you usually get like a twenty minute time limit. Right. And I think title matches, they always say get an hour time limit. So that would almost okay, light up well, that. That's I don't, the case I, no, you don't. Think yeah, I mean, you're not gonna you're not gonna kick off Rampage at 10 p.m. and give me an hour match between for, for, for a title. It's not even your company's title. Yeah, yeah, that'd be okay. If it's, no, no, I don't want it to go an hour. But uh, I love you, Alfred. But I gotta I gotta stop. I'm, I'm trying to find a way out of this here. Maybe because it's an hour long show, they'll cut down the time limits. Uh, I don't know. Like, we'll see what happens. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I don't know. that would be pretty. That would be a troll job <laughs> if they went an hour for the Impact title on an hour long show. And and CM Punk didn't show up. Can you imagine? <laughs> Kayla Mick two dollars says Dante Martin versus Reggie would be fun. All right. Yeah, it would be fun. Do Maybe Jack fun. Cartwheel versus Reggie. They both kind of do the same type of thing. Uh, JJ Smith five dollars. I think something will happen on Friday where we get Omega versus someone else at All Out, possibly someone from New Japan. All right. I mean, I guess that's a factor too. You could have the Omega versus Christian match Friday and like uh, essentially write Christian off TV for a few weeks. You know, he gets injured, 
you know, being the elite attacks, you know, whatever. So I guess that's a way to like all of a sudden, again, Kenny Omega's back to the same old stick. I got nobody to face. I got, you know, and yeah. And then it's next Friday on Rampage. We might have found an opponent for you. We'll announce oh, it next you know, I mean, so I, I you know, there's, there's a way. JJ's getting the, getting the booking, uh, the booking wheels turning. Uh, David Flores, four ninety nine. I got to admit, I like it at first, but seeing title after title from company after company on AEW watered down the show uh, for me. Uh, so he's not a fan of the Forbidden Door. I actually kind of like. I like how how they're doing it. I, it doesn't hasn't watered it down for me. I get that. Um, I get you want to protect certain titles, but I think that kind of adds to AEW. I know they don't consider themselves an alternative, but if it is something different that you're looking for in wrestling, the fact that they have titles represented from other companies, if they were all AEW titles, I think that would water it down for me more than them being from different companies. Uh, here's another booking suggestion that would at least justify or try to justify Christian versus Omega potentially twice. Wrestling fan 499 says, are they setting up Christian winning the Impact title in a champ versus champ winner takes all title of some match? Christian deserves better than these boos. Um, I, wrestling fan, I don't think so. But that would be a solution. That, that'd be a better solution than what I mean. It's, it's better than what Alfred and I have come up with thus far. <laughs> I do. I do like that. That that is very interesting. Um, and especially if it's a winner take all, and we just kind of reset the status quo with Kenny Omega winning, it would still hurt him, and it would still kind of hurt that match. But if he gets everything back, you know that'd be fine. And uh, best in the smokers world, five dollars. Maybe the elite injures Christian on Friday. Yeah, kind of like what I noted there. Uh, he says he will pick his replacement on Rampage the following Friday to face Omega at all. Well, that would be a way to try to babyface Christian with a rub as he gets to pick CM Punk as his, as yeah. his replacement. Um, all right, I kind of like that. It makes me laugh. All right, so there, so there we go. And also, it should not be lost in all this. So Omega versus Christian's announced for Friday. Uh, Jungle Boy also says they also got to talk to Tony Khan and Scott Demore of impact uh that uh, they also have title matches next wednesday and uh jungle jungle boy and luchasaurus are going to t- uh, challenge the young bucks for the tag titles so um so something there to look forward to uh going on uh, in upcoming programming all right so we get uh we get a little promo too. the uh, uh roads to the top this is the like the reality show behind the scenes that brandy and cody roads are the stars of uh alfred i don't know about you i mean i love i think everybody we all love behind the curtain stuff we all love behind the scenes people pull the curtain back so this looks the the trailer was really well done you get the it's got a mix of the total divas feel of the at-home life it's got the backstage stuff going on at aew so they've been filming this for a better part of a year i believe so um yeah i I thought this was a good, good first trailer i've seen and it definitely got my interest yeah, I'm very much interested in this. I can't get enough of content about the behind-the-scenes stuff. I, I love those stuff on the um, Peacock now on W Network where it's the day of uh, events and they're doing the Chronicle events and you get to see them behind the scenes and kind of themselves in their natural environment. Now, I do think that these ratings should be good and should help uh, the women viewership of AEW, which can be up and down, but they do um, do relatively strong in women, and I think this is only going to get better with a show like this. That's a good call. The uh, Anytime you do these... It, well, it's been proven in the WWE universe. When you do these, um, I, I'm going to use a stereotypical term. When you use these real housewives type yeah. of format, it does help your female demo. I have met a lot of, uh, I've met a lot of females over the last, you know, better part of eight years who have, you know, through, through one thing, whether they're the, the wife or girlfriend of a, of a guy friend I know, or I've, however I've come across them who say that they have, WWE became more on the radar because they watched Total Bellas or they yeah. watched 
Total Divas or they watched Miz and and and, and Maurice and you know because they 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 liked seeing the they like seeing the women and and and, and the house life and the, and the home life and the, the all, all the different funny storylines of these things and and it made them more invested and more aware of the you know the wrestling product and not the pro wrestling product but the bigger than life spectacle that is you know the sports entertainment um aspect so i mean i yeah i think this is a great play by by AEW to try this uh, i don't Definitely. think there's any there's a no loss here for them to do this uh, all right so dante martin is a stud another stud here in this first uh f- you know half hour basically is daniel garcia he's out here for a singles match against darby allen daniel garcia's got 2.0 in his corner darby allen of course has sting uh darby gets the win but daniel garcia Again, just looking like money. I think he's like 22, so he's two yeah. years older than Dante Martin. So, uh, some young, some young, uh, some uh, young talent here. Um, Darby gets a win after the fact. Uh, Sting helps beat up 2.0. Sting uh, delivers a suplex, a back suplex on the ramp. Yeah. So he's got to take a back bump doing this, uh, which he did. I was like, all right, Sting, I see you. Um, but uh, yeah, pretty good match here. But again, you know, Darby gets a win as he should. Daniel Garcia, though, or really social media, really n- up. Yeah, noticing how mean, good he is. Very rarely do you see Darby Allen outshining a match, and you know, I'm sure that was the goal of this match to showcase Daniel Garcia. But da- uh, Darby Allen might be the biggest star that they have, and Garcia held his own with him and really stood out front and center in terms of a, a really rising star. I really love what I saw out of him. I've seen a couple matches from him in the past. I believe he's been on uh, some episodes of Elevation, but uh, he looked incredible in this match i thought this was really good darby allen's been another rumored opponent for cm punk for your money alfred what are you more enticed by cm punk coming in and i think punk too punk's all and i think this is legit punk has always said in interviews whenever he's asked about coming back to wrestling that one of the big besides the money he wants the creative he he wants it to be something that interests him which i've always interpreted as don't say oh we want cm punk versus and then pick a guy who he wrestled already in WWE. He wants a fresh opponent. He wants something that he has not done. Kenny Omega and Darby Allen are both something he has not done. For your money, what is more intriguing, CM Punk versus Darby Allen or CM Punk versus Kenny Omega? I think that's a good question, but I think Darby Allen would be the more intriguing because I think CM Punk at his peak and why he's so great and such a Hall of Famer is he's good at telling stories. He's good at the storyline aspect and the promo aspect. Uh, I think that's always been the thing with CM Punk. You know, one of my favorite matches ever is that match he had against John Cena at Money in the Bank. And the reason I love the match so much is storyline leading up to it was so good. And I think CM Punk could just creatively sink his teeth into a feud with Darby Allin. I think Kenny Omega is kind of, a lot of people think it's a dream match in terms of these two talents going in there. And that'd be fun to watch from a wrestling standpoint. And I'm sure they'd have a good story to tell. But with Darby Allin, I think, uh, and I think AEW realized that this would be a very intriguing feud. That's why Darby Allin had that mention of the best in the world talking about CM Punk. Bro, that 2011 Money in the Bank from Chicago. That. Yeah. I was uh I was on vacation. Again, I always leave on vacation when things are happening. I was in Florida the week of this pay-per-view and I made a point to drop my what I was doing in Florida and drove 30 minutes to the nearest Hooters and watched in a crowded Hooters CM Punk versus John Cena with all the speculation coming off the pipe bomb and everything. And uh yeah, you're right. That was you know the story going into that. Yes. I always take vacations. This shit happens. <laughs> resetting the wrestling world man i am i punch out they all punch in <laughs> all right 
We get a we get a six man tag match here. Trios. We get the uh, best friends up against Hardy and Matt Hardy and Private Party. This match was kind of chaos. <laughs> I like a lot of the individuals in this, and I love Matt. There's a lot of chaos going on here, and and the manufactured ref spots and distraction. Chaos happens. Ultimately, though, Matt Hardy hits the twist of fate on Wheeler Yuta, and uh, the Hardy family office gets the uh, the win here. Um, Alfred, what, what's your thought of this? I mean, you know, Orange Cassidy and the best friends, they're over. Matt Hardy's Matt freaking Hardy. Are you invested in this Matt Hardy stable? Because no, I, no. I'll be honest, and I love Matt. I, and I, I've worked with Matt many times. I love Matt Hardy, but I'm going to say this. This stable feels, a, this, this feels forced. Yeah. I haven't been able to really get in. It's not that in private parties good when they're out there on their own. The Blade and the Bunny are good when I see them. All the players involved in this are all talented, but this odd couple, this, 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 this it just seems forced. I'm trying to get into it, but I'm having a hard time. Yeah, it was most interesting when they were telling the story that Matt Hardy's this carny who's stealing their money. And you would think, I thought that the direction was they're eventually going to turn on him. They're going to figure out that he's a carny and they're going to go their separate ways. But the fact that they're now trying this round peg in a square hole and they're doing it week after week without telling you why they're still together or anything like that, uh, it definitely seems forced. And it does seem like secondary in terms of the story that AEW is telling and, and why a stable is together. I just feel like, I don't know why they're even the, oh, I know they're the Hardy family office because he's the businessman whatnot but they're not really telling you that and it's not telegraphed so yeah they don't really do anything with them unless uh, they have like a trios match to do and, and i did think orange cassidy was really good this match he did a lot of he introduced a couple of new wrinkles that i haven't seen in a while in terms of the bottom rope splash and yeah putting his hand in. i thought he was really good in this match and uh the crowd was all too happy to participate in all his zaniness so I, I like that part of the match yeah the sequence of him trying to do the the hand in the pockets and hardy doing the delete to swap it away and yeah yeah, it's good stuff there. Uh, John Jordan, uh, four ninety nine. Wild times, but great for the business. My kid, who's twelve, has loved NXT forever. He's met many talents, and loyalty runs deep. He's leaning hard. <laughs> Speaks volumes. So, very That's cool. good. Very That's cool. Awesome. All right. Uh, up next, uh, Nyla Rose versus Chris Statlander. She's back out there with best friends, uh, all selling their their loss uh, physically as well. Um, this one, Alfred, maybe the surprise of the night. Nyla Rose versus Chris Statlander. Chris Statlander ends up winning clean. No shenanigans here. Chris Statlander uh, wins with the area 450 splash. And uh, the commentary kind of alluded to it. She's not officially, but I don't think she's officially. But, I mean, you got as a babyface, she just positioned herself, positioned herself to probably be the number one contender to the women's title after Britt and Red Velvet have their match Friday. For sure. No, absolutely. I mean, ever since she's come back, she's been winning all of her matches and looked really good. And I thought she was good in here. And it's funny because the commentary I've seen the past few weeks that uh, clearly they're not smart enough to the finish because there was that unfortunate incident with Jim Ross calling that hey, man Adam Page to pin the champion and whatnot. They just kind of go at it naturally. And I feel like the same thing happened tonight where they expected probably Nala Rose to win. And when Chris Statlander won this match, they seemed legitimately shocked. They're like, what? Really? Oh, wow. That's an upset. And I kind of like that. It added a good touch because I assumed that Nyla Rose was going to win this one. But uh, this is really cool. And another thing I like that AEW does is the segment before they had Chris, uh, Nyla Rose come in and attack Chris Statland to soften her up. Yeah. And then that led into the match. So they had this continuity. And that's kind of why I thought Nyla was going to win, too. Uh, but Statlander's looking really strong. I'm surprised she's not the number one contender already. And I'm guessing maybe that's going to be the match for Britt Baker at All Out. 
I think so too. And uh, I'm glad you did that. You, you filled that spot in. You're right. Uh, Nyla did. And as part of my chaos comp, my, my notes yeah. here um, in the chaos and the Matt Hardy <laughs> private party versus best friends of all the moving parts and a ref distraction is right. Uh, Nyla Rose came out and, and, and did get a, uh, did get a knock on, on to, to best friends and to Chris Statlander. So yeah, Statlander is going in there, you know, kind of already, you know, fighting an uphill battle. So that made the win that much bigger for her, a clean win again. Uh, and yeah, I mean, you know, she's, uh, you know, an over like Rover baby face, traditional baby face. Brit is still the heel, but it certainly seems like that's where we are going to all out. And Chris, Chris Statlander was who they seem to have a, a pretty good investment behind in the first place. And then she got injured and was out for six or eight months. So it seems like they're finally picking back up um, with where they wanted to be with her. I'm a huge Chris Statlander fan. Me too. You know, I, I, I love her look. The gimmick's goofy, but I like it. Have it is done di- as much with the gimmick, though? I feel like they've kind of backed off with the whole alien thing because this is always a segment where they would talk about it and Jim Ross would get upset. And I feel like he's done as much of that. <laughs> There's no aliens in Oklahoma. <laughs> uh, no, but they have, but like it's still there because like it's still part of her identity. It still makes yeah. her be, okay, like, you know, explain to me who Chris Statlander is in two sentences. It, it makes her stand out from just being, you know, another girl, just another, you know, it gives her something of an identity, but, but it's not as cartoony right i guess um but, but i agree i think that her versus brit is um it's probably where we're headed and we'll get to brit here in just a second we pause for a super chat david flores dollar 99 cm punk aew dream match wrong answers only <laughs> i'm going with uh, layla hirsch <laughs> oh that would be a fun match hey listen <laughs> Layla Hirsch might be able to take CM Punk in real life <laughs> after seeing him in the UFC. Now, come on, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go with C- CM Punk first, the Big Show, or Paul oh, White. Excuse me. <laughs> Just yeah. g- give give people give people something they probably saw in a million house show loops at some point or another in yeah. WWE. <laughs> <laughs> the crowd would not like that if it went too right. Long. All right, oh, I guess that's the point. Hang on. Well, change to my <laughs> and this is this is og this is before this is not a aw this is this is the first piece one of the first this might be actually the first the first piece of merch she ever had made i like that when she was here with us in pittsburgh uh so i i dug it out of a box to that is awesome today. uh so Britt comes out for the uh, in ring with tony shivani uh cuts the huge hometown promo they had the britsburg terrible towels going she still comes out of the heel tunnel. She still cuts the heel promo. Obviously, again, though, there's like, and I actually saw people bitching about this on social media, and I got to acknowledge this. People were bitching on a, a few, you know, minority bitching about like, oh, she's the heel. Why is she cutting this baby face like hometown promo? And it's like, it would be utterly ridiculous just for her to like not acknowledge that this is where, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, it just, it is what it is. I, I kind of feel like, I kind of feel like WWE would tell her to go out there yeah. and shit on where she came from. AEW at least just acknowledges we help sell out this. We, we help sell these tickets because we, you know, I live here in Pittsburgh. So every piece of local marketing, billboards, TV commercials, everything has had Brit on it. Rightfully so. Why would you not? So, um, you know, so she comes out, does the huge hometown promo. Um, you know, again, she's on fire right now. She can't miss. Yeah. Uh, after the promo, Red Velvet does come out. They have a little bit of a, of a 
Joey Styles catfight, and the refs are pulling them apart. Uh, but Red Velvet versus Britt Baker, that's going to be the main event for this Friday's uh, debut episode of Rampage, still here in Pittsburgh. Yeah, which is awesome. I mean, Red Velvet doesn't have a chance in that match. And poor Red Velvet, I go in there, like you said, kind of as a babyface, but definitely not to this crowd because this is a Brit's hometown crowd, and she did such a great job. It was almost like an election speech that she cut, uh, like she was running for office, and these yeah. people. I love that they gave him terrible towels, too, but I wish, you know, I don't know how much more expensive it would have been, but I wish everybody would have gotten That would have been such a cool visual to see everybody in that arena uh, with that terrible towel because they had that overhead shot. Uh, but I thought Britt was just great in this, and she's just – it's so hard to believe that she's still like a heel, but she plays a heel character so well. that. But it's just only a matter of time. I mean, I feel like maybe even after this Red Velvet, but if it's going to be Chris Statlander, she kind of still has to be a heel. So, I mean, yeah. she's a baby face. Like, even though it was a hometown crowd, she's been getting these reactions everywhere. And I don't like, uh, you know, I've always revered Stone Cold to be my favorite of all time. So I don't lightly like to ever compare anybody to him or anything about his booking. But there is a very short list of performers in the modern day, modern day being the last 30 years, that like the character just gets so over and it starts as a heel and it's like, we have to let the fans just like this character, but we can't soften the character. Right. Stone Cold, with a few exceptions, you know, those being, you know, saving Stephanie McMahon for being, you know, married to the Undertaker and sacrificed on a symbol. With the exception of a very of, of a few things, Stone Cold Steve Austin never got soft. He kept being the same, you know, cr- crazy guy, but he just was doing it against heels. Right. Brits, that's in that she's moving in that same territory where they they, they don't you can't soften her up she still has to be the baddest bitch on the block she still has to be you know utterly sarcastic and 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 self-conceited she's just going to start beating other heels (laughs) that's just that's the only way to go with this oh that'd be great uh, I don't know. It's cool. Th- this show was a, this show was a touching show for me. You know, I you know, did her and then we went to Wardlow again. And Wardlow, they gave the uh, the mention IWC Wrestling again, where Britt started, where Wardlow was here. You know, managed Wardlow from the beginning. I knew Britt from her first day of training. She was on Chair Shot Reality with me from the from for many years. So like, yeah, it's one of those things where it's like you knew them before anybody else knew who they were, and it's so touching. Like I, I literally was so emotional watching this show tonight. That's like, awesome, man. I was. Yeah, because they know? were the big stars. Borlo main evented and looked fantastic. We'll get into that in terms of how strongly he was booked. Uh, you know, that's about as well as you can get booked in a defeat. But yeah, and Britt Baker was just the star of the show, and I just thought yeah. he was so great in that promo. It was such a per again, such a personal like. And I know some people are gonna be like, "Oh, Labar, shut up," you know. But it was it was such a like a you know like I can think of like spending like birthday parties with them or i can think of like when my, when my first child was born brit like i i have all these memories and it's i was just so like just sitting there tonight just watching this and i wasn't there tonight obviously i was here at home getting ready to do the podcast with alfred which i was very excited about and i'm just watching here from the basement and i even said to my wife because you know she knows both of them she knows she knows brit really well and i said i was like this is just insane <laughs> just you know which is why i wanted to pull this out because there's a lot of funny inside jokes of this so i just i was so proud i, I am so, still so proud so this was huge um Awesome. So Britt on on the roll. All right, uh, all right, Britt, you got your hat thing. Oh, you're not. Uh, you no. should wear it for the rest of the show. No. <laughs> Shout out to Pittsburgh. Yeah, I mean it's a great. It's if anybody's been to Pitt, this is the Pittsburgh skyline. Yeah, that's awesome. That is the Pittsburgh skyline. All right, um, pick it back up. 
All right, so we uh, get uh, some Dark Order action. Uno and Stu Grayson up against the Good Brothers for the Impact Tag Titles. Impact Executive Scott Demore, he's on commentary. Uh, again, some some distractions, some shenanigans. Good Brothers ultimately though win with the Magic Killer. Uh, I'll ask you again: Do you like the Impact Tag Titles being you know defended here? Yeah, I, I didn't have a problem with it. I only kind of had a problem with it because they, I mean, this is a more of an impact problem, but they were already established as the big storyline was if they won, they got a shot at the AEW tag team titles and they clearly weren't good enough to do that. Unfortunately, they lost that match. And so now it's almost like, okay, now we'll just throw you the impact tag titles. So yeah, you do run the risk of these titles kind of getting a hierarchy, but that's how it should be. If you're on the AEW show, the AEW titles should be presented as the big titles. But, you know, aside from the politics behind that, I thought this match was incredible i thought Stu grayson he's one of the biggest overachievers in terms yeah. of a guy who nobody says you know with all due respect to him this is just how he's positioned nobody says that oh i can't wait to see Stu grayson tonight but when you do see Stu grayson you'll leave the arena talking about him i thought he stole the show again in that elimination match a couple of weeks back and him and evil uno doing that comeback where he had the cannonball roll and the 450 splash thing yeah. i just love these two together and, and you know the carl anderson and and uh, Doc Gallows, Luke Gallows are always a solid tag team. I just like this match a lot. I thought it was really good. Yeah, I, that sequence you just referenced right there with the cannonball and everything, really good. Um, you know, and, and and props to Uno and Grayson. They uh, they they in this match, there was a couple false finishes that like really had me for a second. Like, yes. all right, because we're we're going with this theme of Impact titles being defended. You know, so I was like, all right, if the World Title's not gonna switch hands, maybe this one does. And you got Demore who's on commentary, so maybe he sells it. I actually did have a moment where I thought maybe the Dark Order was going to grab the Impact Tag titles. Um, yeah. So yeah, they, they had me hook, line, and sinker. Uh, so Good Brothers win, so they continue on. All right, up next, uh, they actually show a Camille NWA promo uh, pushing the match he's going to have against Layla Hirsch. So, again, more Forbidden Door uh, uh, of showing NWA and, and Camille, who, who again, uh, I, I think is a stud. Um, she's right there in line with the Jade Cargill. Yes. Uh, just athletic build, um, is, you know, if this matters to you, still very beautiful, very sexy, very feminine, but not your traditional, uh, not your not your traditional uh, female performer you, you you would see. Right. I mean, just I mean, just the, the the I mean, God, Camille's like like five ten, yeah, uh, or six six foot, legit. I mean, you know, like it's just an imposing figure. Uh, and a great visual, as we talked about last week, of her and Layla Hirsch. So uh, kind of a cool little promo here with uh, Camille and Layla Hirsch. I can't wait for that match. I, I, will, I will be watching in power, and I cannot wait just to see that match and how they put that together. Because, yes, Camille's very staggering in terms of her presence. And, uh, you know, Layla Hirsch is very good, and she's very small and compact. And I think it's going to make for a good match. I think they're going to have a lot of creative things to do. And it opens up again back to the women's division. You know, you got Britt who's rolling for you, and and you know, sorry Red Velvet, but you know, I don't think anybody's believing in Britt losing <laughs> right now. Yeah. Uh, so you got Britt as your champion, and then you know you have Chris Statlander who within AEW who's rising. Uh, but then you but then you have this this forbidden door of a Camille, like a Camille. You have Jade Cargill who she's you know the 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 push has slowed up since the Shack match. You know, she's having matches, but yeah, they're on dark and elevation, but she's there. And I always just assume, okay, we're not seeing her as much on dynamite. And it's only because she's getting more training. They are really just getting her ready. I mean, they, they really are building in a nice situation, both in company and cross promotional 
uh, for this women's division. So absolutely, especially now there's rumors of a Boombie Riot possibly going into yeah. there and some of the free agent. So that's going to be good too. I think it's going to be a good come six months from now. We're going to probably be talking about this as one of the better because that's the one thing that I, or there's a couple of things, but with AEW that people criticize it is that the women's division as a whole, there are some women stars in AEW, but the division in terms of setting up a row of contenders has been lacking. And I don't think that's going to be the case come six months from now. No, and and I think part of it too. Again, this will be unpopular to some people. I think it feels like the women's division. They are they're playing toward they're just playing towards the the fan the the strengths. They're playing towards the fan interest, and it's. I, I'm sorry, but I just feel like there was just a disconnect by certain portions of the audience with some of the Japanese women with Sheeta. And with some of the women that that initially were had the focal point of the AW women's division, I'm not saying they're not talented. I'm not saying they're not worth something. I'm just, but what I am saying is, as you, when you're trying to establish a women's division, I just don't think, and I think that I think it proves it. I don't think that route was the best way to go. I feel like now what they're doing and and is is is, is a better booking of the women's division um, yeah and it needs a bunch of tv times and storylines and stuff like that behind the matches too i think that would give it a big jump i think uh as they're building more and more stars you need to follow this Britt baker model because Britt baker was in that kind of category as somebody when she started was uh it didn't really connect the way i think they wanted her to but as soon as they let her be this Britt baker character cut promos she was walking out there and she i still remember that uh the whataburger faces thing she did in texas which is was fantastic in terms of the reaction it got and then she started rolling so hopefully they're going to be able to create more stars in terms of the talent in addition to the in-ring. Absolutely. All right, we get uh, QT Marshall. He's in ring with Tony Schiavone, and uh, Tony thinks we're going to get QT's going to have an apology. QT wants an apology from Tony. All of a sudden, they bring in Tony's son, Chris. Who Now, Tony did, in fairness, Tony didn't mention on commentary earlier in the night that Chris traveled with him. Yeah, That's all we got. Chris yeah. is sitting front row facing the hard, facing the camera. They bring him in there. They diamond cutter him. Out comes Paul White. He runs off qt and company um a little random <laughs> very this escalated quick like i knew that qt had this kind of repartee but it didn't seem like it was this personal thing with tony shivani it was just like a heel and the announcer and he's like now we got your son it's like whoa man <laughs> a little random um i mean i like qt so i like seeing him get tv time but yeah the random insertion of tony's son um Oh, cool to see. Paul. Uh, by the way, I, so I I'm watching Paul White come out, and I'm here listening to the music. Did they hire the same male vocalist to do his AEW theme music that did his WWE? Because if you remember, so the WWE theme music for years was the well, it's the big show, and it's this thick, gravelly voice, yeah. and it's a, it's it's a similar voice doing this. I, I I was like, did they hire the same guy? Did they find him? My thought was this sounds like they got a guy to do an impression of it because it sounded like he was <laughs> trying to do what that guy did. Or maybe the guy got older and so he just sounds different. But I, I definitely noticed that they were trying to get it as close to as possible. But I thought it, it didn't sound, really sound like him, but it just sounded like a guy trying to be like him. All right, I'll do another pop quiz CM Punk question. So that's like the, the running theme of the night. Does CM Punk have to have Living Colors cult of personality? I don't 
think he has to. I heard, so I think they might have been on the show in the chat. Somebody said that it'd be fun to have the Alan Parsons project, the famous Bulls song. Because I mean, this is for the, the dance. First dance, you know, and I'm a 90s kid, so I love the Bulls. Yeah. I love that Michael Jordan. So that Alan Parsons, duh, like, I thought, think that would be a cool uh, song to come out to. But, you know, and Living Color did follow AEW, and I just think that that's the song. Oh, did they? they? Want an immediate pop. Yeah, they followed him, but then they unfollowed uh, him. So uh, maybe there's something going on behind the scenes. That's how you know. They unfollowed him. That's how you know something's going on. Punk text him goes, hit unfollow. People pay attention <laughs> to this. Yeah. Hey, fame. <laughs> no, you're right. The Alan Parsons project, uh, the, the intro they used for the Bulls in the 90s, that would work. But maybe that works. Maybe that's what works at the United Center. Yeah. Which is where the Bulls played. But then I think long term, you got to have, you know, first, first match, you got to have cult of personality. I really hope so. One of the best mainstream wrestling songs ever. I mean, I love the song in general, but it, it does fit with CM Punk. And he used it outside of WWE when he was in ROH, too. Living Color doesn't get enough credit. I was actually watching. I watched. I clicked for whatever. I, I searched on YouTube. I love watching, you know, music videos. And 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 I was just like, oh, I forget what that music video. Looks. I'm watching it. The guitar player for Living Living Color that doesn't get enough recognition. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. If it's, I don't know if it's because he's a black guitar player in the era that he was, but like, I mean. Dude, yeah, he really good. does, and that's what you remember about the song—that the opening riff, and then that it just keeps going on throughout. And he's, in, of course, the solo is incredible too. Yeah, uh, Sam Austin. Don't know the currency, Sam, but but Raj will take it anyways. Uh, I I don't think Tony should have gone back to the desk after his son's beat down. <laughs> Say he's in the back tending him and have him sit out the last impact. Segment. I didn't even think about that, but he's totally right. He's a grown man. It's not like, you know, he named the child or something like that. But still, I, I kind of agree with that. I tend to agree if your son got mugged, you know, you don't want to just go back and then call the match just like, no, you know, it's not even like his head wasn't in it. He was into that match. Uh, JJ Smith, uh, White as Tony's partner on Elevation. It made sense. Uh, I guess that's true. Paul White and Tony Shivani. Yeah. So a little commentary love there. All right. Uh, here we go. Main event time. Fourth labor, Jericho versus Wardlow. Uh, early on, Jericho tries to go right at it. He even hits the code breaker uh, within the first, like, 90 seconds of the match. Wardlow kicks out at one. Jericho's facial expression sells it. Con Jim Ross sells it, says, look, Jericho has won world titles with this move. So really cool. And then from this point on. Dead man with it. Right. It set the tone. From this point on, for the next eight minutes, uh, with a commercial inserted, this is just... Heat, 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 heat. Wardlow on the offensive. Um, even to the point where Jim Ross has a great quote where he said, I mean, Wardlow hit like eight or ten power bombs. Jim Ross <laughs> says, if power bombing were a drinking game, our audience would be inebriated. It's great choice of words. Inebriated. I love inebriated. that. <laughs> Next time you get pulled over by the uh what seems to be the officer problem, you're inebri I'm not inebriated, officer. <laughs> You're automatically cut loose right there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so Wardlow just power, you know, all, all, all this. Um, finally, Jericho starts to get them to come back. He gets the walls of Jericho on M or on Wardlow. Uh, Jericho's near the ropes. MJF rakes his eyes. MJF then tries to come in and give the ring to Wardlow. Ref Aubrey sees it. She kicks MJF out. She's distracted. Security's distracted. They're all trying to get MJF out of there. Jericho grabs the bat. He hits the bat on, he hits Wardlow with the bat, then hits the Judas effect. One, two, three. Uh, Jericho wins. So Jericho now gets a rematch against MJF, which is going to be next Wednesday, I believe. Yeah. But MJF closes it out, ultimately saying, Jericho, 
you and me next week, but the stipulation, no Judas, not just no Judas effect. You don't get to use your music. You're going to come out into to complete silence. So taking everything that is away from the current Jericho gimmick, stripping it away from him. But MJF versus Jericho. Alfred, uh, all right, let's do piece by piece. First off, the match. Warlow versus Jericho. Did you like the match? Did it live up to being the main event here? Yeah, and I think it did. Uh, I, I, this is about as good as the Wardlow could have looked in a match he was going to lose. Um, I, I don't obviously don't really have a problem with him losing because this is a fit five labors of Jericho. But I didn't think it was a lock that Jericho was going to win this match. I, you know, even especially if you see the Hangman Adam Page thing, I think people took that for granted. Like, oh, of course he's going to win on route to Kenny Omega. And you know, AW once in a while will throw you a swerve. And the story they were telling is that Jericho is tired. And even at the beginning of the match, before they even started, JR pointed out, look at his eyes are fatigued. And of course, yeah. the code breaker didn't have the power it did. So this is a great story told. And he didn't win the match until he needed a weapon to do so. So I thought this was perfect in terms of what the main event was. And especially, as you mentioned, at the beginning of the show, they did tell the story that every time a Wardlow's put in these big match stipulations to finish the job before MJF has to, he, he doesn't do it. And that's great long-term storytelling to go from that pinpoint with Cody. And now we're doing it with Jericho. And then next up, it's going to be sooner rather than later, it's MJF and uh, Wardlow are going to have a split. So I, I liked everything about this just about. Yes, sir. And uh, yeah, so now, so now we get MJF versus Jericho. Uh, I don't correct me if I'm wrong. Obviously the whole gimmick was get through these laborers to get the rematch. I always kind of assumed Jericho would get through this, so we get to him versus MJF. I always assumed that it'd be at all out. I was a little surprised that they're going to do it next Wednesday on Dynamite. Very much so, and I don't. I don't even know if All Out is that filled up of a card to this point with just a few weeks left to where they it, like they don't have time for Jericho and MJF. It, it's not, and we're sorry to cut you off, but so I think what we have right now is we have um, we think Omega versus Christian. Sure. We have uh, Miro, or no, excuse me, we have Andrade versus um, Pac. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything else I can think of it that's been announced. We, yeah. we assume probably like a Chris Statlander versus Britt. We assume maybe a CM Punk match, but this is all again all assumptions. Uh, so now I guess I'll assume one more Jericho maybe beats MJF next week, but on account of MJF either wants help from Wardlow and Wardlow fumbles it or Wardlow says no dice, handle your own business. And we get MJF versus Wardlow at all. I mean, cause let's be, let's be real. MJF and Wardlow could split next Wednesday. We don't need to have months more of building. They've, they've been with each other for over a year. Right. You know, little teases here and there have been there. Like so, we it's it's the Diesel Sean model. You know, Wardlow's going to get sick of being the body. You know, so like, I mean, that could be an all-out match. I, I could see that, and I would have liked that's the right amount of time in terms of the times they have left to tease tension between MJF and Wardlow. They just have to do it each week leading up to All Out. But I could definitely see that. But uh, yeah, maybe Jericho does go through the five labors of Jericho, and then. Uh, something else happens, but I, I do see MJF winning this match, and uh, I am kind of disappointed that it's not an all-out. I think that uh, just based on how they've built this up over a long period of time, you would think that finally when he gets his hands on MJF, and this is, I really do feel like it's going to be the blow-off, right? I, mean, I don't yeah. see them, unless Jericho wins, which he could win, I don't see them wrestling past this if MJF wins, so if that's the plan, I don't know why it wouldn't be at all-out. For sure. So yeah, so a lot to take away here. Uh, AEW again, uh, 
the depth chart is uh it is it, full with what's going on here and a lot to, and again they have something you know they have next they have this they have the debut of rampage this friday they have next wednesday's dynamite where they're always promoting each wednesday they have the second rampage in the united center we all know what that's being built around we have all out coming uh, the Arthur Ashe show in Queens and, and I think it's September 22nd. I mean, there is just so many big shows right now uh, for them. It, it, it's, it's, it's exciting. So uh, we'll see how it all starts to shake out, but that was tonight's AEW dynamite. Again, they will be back in Pittsburgh Friday for dynamite or for, excuse me, for rampage the debut again, one more cheap plug. If you're here or if you can get to Pittsburgh tomorrow, Thursday, follow my Twitter at Justin LaVar tomorrow morning. We'll have some fun stuff with some AEW talent and then tomorrow night, if you can get to the Thirsty Scholar Bar and Grill, myself, Mark Henry, Dave LaGreca, the beautiful Gabby, uh, all of us from Busted Open on SiriusXM will be at the uh, bar there doing a fun meet and greet and Q&A. And again, there's some people in town. That's all I'm going to say. Love so it. come come join us. It could be a fun time. We'll uh, finish it out on this Super Chat. JJ Smith, $5. Jericho has a 15-match deal per year with AEW. Has he fulfilled that? Uh, he said that on Steve O's podcast last month. Last month. Um, so, uh, well, if that's I, true, I, I he's getting pretty close. If he has, yeah, he had to be, I mean, yeah, he, he's pretty active. I mean, yeah. And we're only, I mean, we're only two thirds through the year. I mean, you'd have to. Well, I guess they could stretch that out, but he does make a lot of AEW appearances in terms of commentary, and he's going to be on Rampage. So, you know, in absence yeah. of him wrestling, maybe once he's done doing that. Yeah, JJ, I, I don't know. We'd have to go back and pull uh we'd have to pull the record books and look at every single week. Um but yeah, I mean he, I think he's pretty close to right, at, at any point he'd be he's gonna hit that fifteen throughout the year, yeah. throughout by the time this this year's done with. Cage um, match will have that information. One of my favorite websites in terms of looking at uh, wrestling statistics. Cage match. There we go. Follow him at this is nasty. He'll go give you some some research there. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh Alfred, what do you want to plug? Uh, follow me at this is nasty. Got an interview with the Black John Cena himself, Fred no Ross. Young this week. I'm going to be at the uh, uh, NJPW New Japan Strong Show, the Resurgent Show here in LA. It's going to be a lot of fun, and so I've got an interview with uh, Fred Rosser talking about that. Just a really inspirational guy. I love talking to to Fred Rosser, aka uh, Darren Young, aka the Suntan Superman. That's how he likes to be referred to. So that'll be a lot of fun. And just follow me on Forbes. Go on Pro Wrestling Bits on YouTube as well. I love it. He's at This Is Nasty. I'm at Justin Labar. Gave you all the plugs. We love it. Make sure you leave a comment, like, share, subscribe, do all the things. Tell a friend. Uh, viewership continues to grow. Again, we're at a very exciting time, so uh, you know, it's great to do all this uh, with you guys. Lots more to come. We got, of course, Friday SmackDown, where This Is Nasty will be here. Uh, we got uh, we got what we got SummerSlam approaching us. Of course, all this AEW action. So again, make sure you are subscribed yeah. to Wrestling Inc. Don't miss any of these podcasts. Uh, so much to talk about. Appreciate all the super chats. That's going to do it. Be good, Alfred. We'll do it next Wednesday. Let's do it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.